Hey, this is Troy from Planet 76. We've got some really good Sixers-focused content coming your way today. Make sure you subscribe to the pod so you can be in the know when we release new content. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. Planet 76, episode 92. Today, tonight, actually, we're recording at night, our playoff preview for round one for the Sixers. If you tuned in last week, which hopefully you did, you would know that we started our playoff predictions, or uh, we we did a regular season. I don't even know what I'm saying. We did our regular season last week. Yes, we did a regular season, um, finishing up a regular season. Sixers started the playoffs. First game, actually, of the playoffs on Saturday, 1 p.m. Make sure you guys, obviously, watch that. My name is Michael, and Troy is here as we both co-host the show. Got some big discussions to be had yes, on this sir. episode. Get your popcorn, get your drinks. <laughs> you, won't, you won't have to pay too much money because you're not at a movie theater. <laughs> but make sure you get your snacks and sit down. We got some discussion to be had. Subscribe. And Troy, I'll let you start us off with this episode. All right. Yeah, I'm excited about this one for sure. I, uh, this, is our, this, is our, this is crazy to think about. I just thought about this just a second. This is our third playoff uh covering the 76ers so we started with the playoffs of 2021 that was when we we started this podcast uh covered that year and then last year and now we're entering year three so really we started this this podcast about two years ago 92 episodes in uh thank you all for you know whoever support and and, and follow on whatever platform you're on uh really excited about you know to be able to preview the playoffs you know in the regular season it can be kind of you know, funny, um, you know, because there's so many games to cover and we record weekly, but now we get to really, really focus in on one opponent for the time being and uh, what that means for the Sixers. Like you said, Sixers-Nets, 1 o'clock Saturday, tipping off the playoffs, first game of the playoffs if you don't include the play-in, which, by the way, Miami beat, (coughs) or Miami lost to the Atlanta Hawks tonight. That was pretty crazy. I couldn't believe that. Everyone was big on the Miami Heat. So, yeah, we're recording Tuesday night. Uh, getting this up, you know, here and, you know, just to, within the next few hours or uh, certainly by Wednesday, we'll have it up and you guys can listen for a few days before the playoffs get started. But I uh, want to tell you this, too. So after uh, every Sixers playoff game, uh, we did this last year. We're bringing it back because we love it. Uh, Planet Woo! seven, six, five yeah. minute recaps uh, following each and every Sixers game. So you'll hear from Michael or myself uh, as we recap the game that was. Uh, each and every playoff game, and that's going to be available not just on you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and those other platforms, and YouTube, uh, but it'll also be available just to watch on Instagram. So you don't even have to go to uh, one of those sources just to find those you know short recaps of the game. Uh, just another thing that we're doing to <coughs> keep you in the loop on all things Sixers and give our thoughts on each performance right after it happens. So uh, really yeah. exciting stuff there. So Michael, stage is set. Sixers Nets. Uh, you know, I got a lot I gotta say, but before we get to that, like, what's your, what's just your initial reaction even to uh, how it played out? We we kind of figured that this was gonna be the case over the last few weeks. We could see it uh, factoring, you know, or dwindling down, I should say, to be Sixers Nets, the three and the six seed in the East, and here we are. Uh, your initial thought to that uh, before we get into too many details that we have to get into today. Honestly, I'm kind of relieved because. Mm-hmm. There was a time where I thought the Sixers were going to have to play the Miami Heat yeah. in the first round. And 
Let's be honest. <laughs> we, 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 we really don't want that. Yeah. And Sixers fans, I've seen it on my page. Oh, no, bring it on, Miami Heat. Let's go. No. No, I'm sorry. I'm with you. Don't let tonight's loss fool you because I don't really think that's indicative of the team they are. We've seen it this year. They know how to play Joel Embiid well, James Harden. And two, you you need not not a cakewalk in the first round, but you you do need a tune-up. You need a you need a more favorable matchup, sure. and I think the Brooklyn Nets are, in fact, a more favorable matchup. Not a hot take <laughs> at all. Right, right. <laughs> but still, the Sixers need that, and they got it. So I'm relieved. Relieved. I like that word, and I agree yes. with you. We've talked about you know the potential of okay, <clears throat> Miami's kind of lurking right there. Could that happen? We hope it doesn't, and it and it doesn't. Uh, obviously, now Miami's got to win, you know, over who Toronto or Chicago just to get the eight seed and, and possibly play yeah. against the Bucks. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Bucks fans are now feeling the exact same way we have been, and they don't want that either. <laughs> um, they're just they have a history in the playoffs, right? They got Jimmy Butler who turns it on in the playoffs, and uh, they have guys, you know, some oh, guys Jimmy. who can really, really shoot the ball who haven't shot at the clip that they, you know, are used to over the last number of seasons. But, like, who knows? Maybe they can turn it on in the in the playoffs. And, yeah, you just don't want to see that team. you got Bam Adebayo who can guard one through five. And, like, you just don't want that. So, glad we avoided that. Uh, but is there a team that's more interesting than the Brooklyn Nets? When you think about the grand scheme of things this year, um, Kyrie Irving's not on the team anymore. <laughs> Kevin Durant's not on the team anymore. Ben Simmons hasn't played since mid-February. It's just very wild to see the team that is the Brooklyn Nets right now. It was really fun kind of doing some research on that because obviously, you know, the two big deals with uh, Kyrie and KD happened right around the deadline or hours leading up to the deadline. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, even to look into some numbers, okay, post-deadline Nets, what are they? Uh, And it was kind of interesting even to – to dive into some of that research. Um, any other thoughts there before I roll out some numbers, and then I'm going to have you to react uh, to some of these numbers here. <laughs> A right. lot of numbers. Yes. You guys can't see, but I can tell <laughs> Troy did his homework on this one. I'm excited. <laughs> A lot of numbers. <laughs> I'm going to jump in. You can stop me anywhere you want. Go for but, it. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot here, but at mm. the end of it, obviously, I want your reaction to you know maybe two, three, four, whatever sticks out to you from this, because okay. uh, there's definitely some that stick out to me. So real quick, uh, some fast facts on the Brooklyn Nets. We are wasting no time here on episode 92 of Planet 76. 45 and 37 on the season, pretty much home and away identical. So 23 and 18 at home, 22 and 19 on the road. Pretty interesting nugget there. Again, February 5th, Kyrie Irving traded to the Dallas Mavericks. February 9th, Kevin Durant traded to Phoenix. Crazy. So February 9th on, at February 9th, they were a team that was 33-22 and 22 at the deadline. Uh, they are 12-15 and 15 since Kyrie and Kevin Durant's departure. Again, Ben Simmons, a guy that was shut down around that same time in mid-February. Uh, Mikel Bridges has been Brooklyn's leading scorer since you know the the trade. He has led them in scoring in 18 of those 27 games. Uh, that is two thirds of the games Mikel Bridges has been their leading scorer. Uh, he's averaging 26 points a game on over 18 field goal attempts. Um, pretty wild. And to put that in perspective, wild. he was only averaging 17 in <clears throat> Phoenix this year on 13 field goal attempts. 
Uh, Bridges has 11 30-point games with Brooklyn. In his 365 games played with the Phoenix Suns, he only had two. How about that? How about that? 11 30-plus games in, in, in 27 games and only two in 365 games. So talk about a guy who has a brand-new role in Brooklyn. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie has come over or come back, we should say, averaging 9.1 assists per game in 26 games with Brooklyn. That's near the top of the league since his return to Brooklyn. Uh, and then I found someone real interesting, Cam Thomas, and we're almost done. Cam Thomas, uh, no one else to me has been more up and down or had a more inconsistent role or even um, – as far as minutes played even with Cam Thomas since the All-Star break. So in the month of February, Cam Thomas averaged almost 24 points a game and 28 minutes per game. The month of March, he averaged 6 points a game on 13 minutes. The month of April, 16 points a game in 19 minutes. So all over the place for Cam Thomas. I read some articles that said, yeah, he's a guy who seems to be the odd man out when everybody's healthy. We'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that uh, during this series. Uh, Seth Curry, another interesting nugget here. He, he's down to just under 20 minutes a game this year. And we, we like Seth Curry on, on this podcast. Uh, we're fans of his. We do. Uh, during his time with the Sixers especially. But last season, to put that in perspective, last season Seth averaged 30 minutes a game. This season under 20 minutes a game. Something to do with the coaching staff mm-hmm. there. Uh, Post-All-Star break, the Nets are 24th in offensive rating. So post-trade of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the best offense players ever. Uh, and defensive rating, they are 13th. They lead the league in blocks per game. Um, and if you don't know some of the starters and bench players that we can foresee uh, in this series, and that's it. But Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikael Bridges, Cam Thomas, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Nick Claxton, uh, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Dayron Sharp. And again, the interesting one there is Cam Thomas to see how much action he does, in fact, get. But that is the Brooklyn Nets in a nutshell. What sticks out to you uh, there on some of those numbers, or maybe it's something else? Well, a lot of this really tells me that even though the Nets, I don't want to say they're tanking. They're not tanking. Right. Even though they're kind of just in limbo right now, they still are a team that will compete. They're still a team that has guys who can do some damage. Mikel Bridges being one of those guys that can do damage. They have not, They have depth. They really do. And their whole team is basically depth. They don't really have a star. They don't really have a superstar. They don't have a superstar actually at all. Yeah. Their whole team is just really, really good role players. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not using role players as an insult because, I mean, this is what these guys are, really. You're looking at Royce O'Neal, De'Aaron Sharp, DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith, Nick Claxton, Spencer Dinwiddie, really, really good role players who would be great depth on any team in the league. Probably six men on any other team in the league, maybe some starting, maybe some starting starter caliber players there. They're a team that has a really solid bunch of really good players. So they're going to play. They're going to play hard. They're not going to just roll over and die. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here right now. They wouldn't be at right. 60 if that was the case. Obviously, KD... Or I should say the Nets with KD and Kyrie gave them a nice cushion with that 15-game win streak. But yes. the Nets were able to maintain that with the team they had, which is a good team. Not great, but it's a good team. And it's, I think it's going to be a competitive series. I do think the Sixers are going to win. Spoiler yes. alert. <laughs> <laughs> but Mikael Bridges can catch fire. Absolutely. I am... What is the word? I am 
floored. I don't know if floored is the right word. At his offensive at, at the way he's able to make carry this offensive load for the Brooklyn Nets when it comes to scoring, mm-hmm. when it comes to getting his own shot. Because in 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 Phoenix he didn't create his own shot nearly as much and, and that all comes with the mm-hmm. role because he's now the number one in Brooklyn where he can take whatever shot he wants basically as the green light, as he should. But Mikhail Bridges, uh, I really like Dorian Finney-Smith. He could he could give the Sixers some issues, especially defensively, against James Harden. Mikhail Bridges could also do that. Nick Claxton could also do that. So, again, not going to be an easy series by any means. I don't think that it's going to be a cakewalk. I still think right. it's going to be like a five or six game at most. But it's going to be a competitive series, and the Sixers still do need to show up for that. They can't just, sure. they can't just, you know, sleepwalk their way through. Um, they have to come. They have to show up, really, and I think they're going to do that. I think they know what's at stake this year, so uh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's um, the couple things that stick out to me are obviously the Mikhail Bridges because I don't know that there's, like. That's a significant jump, and we're not acting like Mikael Bridges was a nobody in Phoenix. Like he was averaging seventeen a game, mm-hmm. but to go from seventeen to twenty-seven in mid-season, yeah, it's not like this is three and years like later. I said, it comes with the <laughs> it comes with the, with the territory too. He's carrying a much larger sure. offensive load in Brooklyn than he ever was or did in Phoenix. Yeah, and he and he's mm-hmm. doing well with yep. it. Um, obviously, eleven thirty-point games in twenty-seven appearances for the for the Nets. Number two that, that's significant to me and what you touched on is that this team didn't roll over and die right. when, <laughs> when you know, the dumpster fire that was at the All-Star <laughs> break or at the, uh, you know, trade deadline. Yeah. Um, because, like, again, they're 33-22. and 22, They're 11 games over 500. But there was obviously, when all that happened, there was fear. Nets could certainly, certainly, certainly fall into the play-in area with ease that was probably what most people thought would happen and this team isn't in the play-in that's a win for them I mean you got to give some credit to the guys on the team I know there are a lot of role players and you know but they're role players who did enough to make the playoffs as a six seed 12 and 15 since all of that went down and um you know I'd probably argue that they're a little better than that just because you know there's been some performances that you say wow like they can they're they're not bad yeah uh they're probably doing yeah. better than you think they should but they're doing well um i did misspeak earlier so i forgot so um i said cam thomas twice as far as people but uh cam johnson is another oh, player yes, him too uh, the mm-hmm. forward from north carolina averaging about 14 15 a game this year uh someone to watch out for as well um yeah so brooklyn nets 45 and 37 six seed in the east uh doing battle with the Sixers in round one. Sixers did win the season series 4-0. Wow. Um, all four of those games were different. Um, Literally. Because, you know, one featured Simmons, or at least one. You know, one featured KD. And then the last game of the regular season featured nobody who we're going to see <laughs> uh, here in a couple days. And, you know, just pretty crazy stuff. But uh, I think there was one matchup last month that – you know, I read an article. Someone said this might be the matchup to look at, and Sixers won that game by three. Um, I remember that a little game. while ago, mm-hmm. right? Right, and I think that was in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, 
Um, all right. Why don't we? We did open it up for some for some mail for some questions from Planet Seventy Six listeners. Uh, we got four in total, so we'll, we thank you guys for that. Uh, I'll take the first two. I'll read them to you, and then you can read the final two. Um, so let's do the first one from like our guy Tay here. Tay her four TF. Uh, he said this. He said, "Do you think it would be a clean sweep in the first round against the Nets if James Harden can efficiently, keyword efficiently, drop 25 points and eight assists on a consistent basis while also having Tobias Harris and George Niang play well as they have been in the last few games? So if those things happen, Michael, 25 and eight from from James Harden consistently and, and a couple guys playing well at the three and four position." Does that mean a sweep for the Sixers? Now, that is a lot of ifs. Let's just preface right. with that. It's a lot of ifs. A couple big asks, too, in my opinion. Sure. But, yeah, I do. I mean, you're talking... Uh, the, if if Harris is the player that we know he is and Niang is actually consistent, hits his threes, the Sixers and Harder does that, and you get Embiid, the Sixers are borderline unbeatable in that in that scenario. So I think that's definitely a clean sweep. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think if you get those things, because those are again big asks. Yeah, they, they are. Don't <laughs> don't get it twisted. Right. Those are those are pretty big asks. But if it happens, yes. Right. right. And that's the reason we can we can say yes because yeah, uh, yeah that would be a great thing. I, I would not be mad about that. Uh, another question from the same account here. He said, uh, "I think Doc." Um, oh, I, you know, I guess question. just our opinion on this. I think Doc Rivers should play Daniel House Jr. on some occasions when the aforementioned George Niang is not playing well in the playoffs. House has already proved that he can be a great all-around player. Michael, your thoughts on Daniel House taking some minutes from George Niang if George isn't playing well? I like that. I do. Because we saw how the bench played last year. The bench was basically Milton, Niang, and... Who was even on the bench last year in the playoffs? Well, Milton had some had some burn. Niang, Paul Reed got in. Um, <laughs> they had no bench. So yeah. now Matisse. the Sixers yeah. kind of have a cushion this year because if Niang stinks it up again in the playoffs, they have House as a backup, and I'm not going to lie, I don't mind that. I like House as a backup in, in that scenario especially. Yes, I agree, and... I do really agree with that House has proved he can be a great all-around player. That's the player the Sixers signed in the offseason. That's the, the player the Sixers gave a two-year $8 million contract to. And he's, I, I think House has proven that in the last few weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. He's played super well. And I kind of mentioned it in a post I, 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 put, I made the other day. But House could maybe get a spot even in the playoff rotation if it goes 9-10 even, which we know Glenn sure. likes to do. So I say yes. I'm cool with that. Okay. I have a follow-up off of that, include throwing another name out there, and Jalen McDaniels. Yeah. So three guys, Jalen, George Niang, and um, and Daniel House. In an ideal world, I guess I'm putting this this way, in an ideal world, what would that look like for you in the playoffs as far as those three guys? You said House, McDaniels, and who? And Niang, Niang. as far as minutes. Yeah. I would say Niang gets most if he's, if he's actually hitting his threes. McDaniel's. I also. I may. I might favor McDaniel's a little more, just because of, of the okay. versatility and the defense and the rebounding, which Niang doesn't 
unfortunately really give you all of that at all in any capacity. So I would probably favor McDaniels, but I can see Nian getting the bulk of the minutes, especially if he's actually hitting his threes. And then a sprinkle of house, depending on the matchups. If it's a smaller sure. lineup for the Nets, I could see house getting more burn in that scenario. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right, do you see those last two um, on here? Yes, I do. So we got... Go ahead and run through those. So we got... One second. So we got Krish Patel. I recognize that name, I think. Shout out to Krish. Will we get to see Jaden Springer in the playoffs? Mm. Troy, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to say in the game's... Where we're up 20 or down 20, we will see Shane yeah. Springer um, as much as we'd like to. I, you know, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it either. I, and I almost sound like a hater because I like Springer a lot. He's still like 21. He's literally, we're the same age. I could be in the NBA right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but he, no, I, I just don't see it. I don't know. If he has a spot behind Melton, behind Maxi, behind Harden, behind Milton, someone said I, I saw right. a few people say that Springer should play over Milton, but I just I don't not because I like Shake Milton because I do. Troy knows that. If you're listening, you probably know that. But <laughs> that's not why. I just don't know if he's ready. If if Springer's re- like he's hardly had any time NBA that, regular right. season action, so I don't know if he is ready for playoff action. Yeah. Well said. Thank well you. said. All right, what's the last one? Round it out. All right, so we got... Why is my thing freezing? I'm sorry. So we got Luke Frett. How much does this series mean in terms of seeing how far the Sixers go? For example, if this goes to seven, is there any reason to be concerned about another second-round exit? Whew. What do you hmm. think? I like this question. It's more of like a philosophical question. I like this a lot. Yes, I like it this is. a lot. Yes, Shout out is. to Luke Frett. So, I, you know, as much as I like to think that this round and how they perform, what it looks like, really matters, when I, when I first saw this question, I thought, yeah, heck yeah, yeah, it matters. But then I think back to other years where we look really good in yeah. round one, and it's like, well, <laughs> where, <laughs> we where's the well. carryover? Or, or we look really bad in a round, or, um, you know, and then we, you know, then we go seven games with the Raptors or whatever. Because um, I don't even who do we play? We played Brooklyn that year, I th- yeah. think before we played the Raptors yes. um, in 2019. Yep. But, yeah, <clears throat> I, I don't know how much of a factor it plays. I will say this. I'll, I will be a little concerned for if the example here, if the Sixers go seven with the Brooklyn Nets, I'll be a little concerned heading into the second round. Mm-hmm. But if the Sixers sweep the Nets, I'm worried about the Celtics. Like, I'm, you know, but I would be more so if it goes seven. So I guess there's a little truth to that. But... Yeah, I don't want to put too too much stock into it because I I mean the Celtics are going to be a very tough opponent for the Sixers. So, um, yeah, that's my thought. How about you? I you kind of touched on it. We've seen playoff matchups between two teams be very close. The team that wins goes on to the next round and just looks like an entirely different team. Sure. So, I wouldn't say a big reason. I don't I don't think that's a huge indicator of really anything. Because really the playoffs is matchup dependent and based on how favorable your matchup is. So the Sixers could play a more favorable, hypothetically, which the Celtics are not. They're not more favorable. 
but the Sixers could play a more favorable favorable matchup in the second round and look a lot better than they did in the first round. Mm. So I think we should I think we should look at each series separately. I think we should separate each series and look at it them through a vacuum. Obviously take some things to the next series, but you're play, you're still playing a, an entirely different team and really at the end of the day it's the NBA and we've seen crazy things happen. Yeah. We've seen teams win when they shouldn't, lose when they shouldn't. And I think that applies to the playoffs as well, especially, let me emphasize this, especially with the Sixers. Especially with the Sixers. Yeah. So I would say not a huge (laughs) reason, but maybe just a little, just like 3% concerning, maybe. Maybe 5%. Right, if it goes 7 Yeah. Um, but if it does go okay. seven, so what I, do you that, think? That's not. You don't want the series going seven. It's not good. You, you don't want that, right? Um, so what do you think makes Brooklyn a potentially tough matchup, or however you want to approach that, tough or just something to watch for as a as a key, yeah. or um, you know whatever that might be? Uh, I've got a couple of thoughts here. One, I think first and foremost, just the team that they are with all these role players, they're they're they play well together again. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is averaging over nine assists a game since he's been with the team. Uh, Mikael Bridges doing what he's doing, and um, I, I just think they have obviously an under underdog mentality yeah. to them. They got nothing to lose. No one's expecting them to win the series. Sixers are heavy favorites, so that's something to watch for because they're they're just playing free. Uh, that's my one thought about like that could be a little scary. Um, how about yourself? What's what could make Brooklyn potentially tough, or something that they do well that you're aware of? Yeah, really, you hit on it in our little in our outline here defensively. I mean, they can they have switchable pieces. They have guys that can shift up and down and defend different positions, defend players bigger than them, players smaller than them. Nick Claxton is one of the best defenders in the league. Could definitely cause some issues for Embiid. He can also switch when it comes to guarding Harden and Maxi. Mikael Bridges can guard a couple positions as well. Very active defensively is Mikael Bridges. Then you have Dorian Finney-Smith who can kind of do both. He can guard smaller players but also guard bigger players. We've seen him guard Joel Embiid before. Not, you know, having various varying degrees of success doing that. Not many players are successful, as we know, in guarding Embiid. But they have a lot of switchable moving pieces defensively that can slot in and out of, or I should say, guard players above and below them when it comes to height difference, position, things like that. So that could definitely cause some issues for the Sixers, and especially if Embiid is having a bad game, they can they can definitely get a leg up on the Sixers in, in that scenario and really take advantage of a scenario where Embiid is not playing well, or even Harden, really, because they could throw, they could even throw Claxton and Harden in the pick and roll. Claxton has the length, he has the athleticism, not really to keep up with Harden, but definitely to make things difficult for him, especially if he's getting switched on Harden, getting switched on Maxi, things like that. Yes, so I agree with that. Tough matchup defensively. What's your thought, though, on... Because I talked about this earlier today. Mikael Bridges, he's in a completely different role. Came into the league, 3 and D guy, very good defender. But now with this new role as the team's number yeah. one choice, a lot of times you don't like throwing him on the best offensive player night in, night out because of that. 
what is that? Do you? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer. To this is what it's looked like over the last twenty games for the Brooklyn Nets. But what do you think that could look like in a series? You know, I don't know that he's going to be guarding James Harden for no. forty minutes a game. What do you? How do you think they're going to stagger? Well, that's that. That kind of draws into what I was saying because they have a lot of switchable pieces they can throw at Harden. Mikel could take the primary assignment. They have a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith who can come out and guard Harden. Cam Johnson, who you mentioned, can come out and guard Harden. They have... Who else is on roster? I really should know this. I do, I swear, I do. I swear I know this. Uh, uh, Royce O'Neal is a pretty switchable defender. He's not too mobile. He's not really too agile, so Harden can take advantage of that for sure. But Royce O'Neal is somebody they can throw at Harden defensively. Even Dinwiddie could make things a little difficult for Harden defensively. He's not a crazy lockdown defender. But he's bigger. He's I think he's like six four, six five. Um, he's also he's quick as well, so he can keep up with Harden. But the the switchable defenders that the Nets have can help Bridges because he won't have to, like you said, guard Harden for the entire game, which helps on the offensive end because he's their best offensive player by a decent margin. So then, if he doesn't have to do as much defensively, he could do way more offensively, which is really what the Nets need from him. So that will help him in in a lot of ways. Right. I think the... Yeah, that's something to watch. That's a big key to watch. Because, like, obviously, Harden has a knack for drawing fouls. They don't want to see their best scoring option, a guy who's taking, you know, 18 shot attempts a game. Basically, they're the only guy that can actually create a shot for himself. Yeah. So that's, that's something that's huge to watch. Yeah. Um, and then where do you think the Sixers can look to take advantage? So that's something to watch with the Nets, their defensive ability. You know, they lead the league in block shots. Uh, where can the Sixers take advantage? What's to their strength? Well, I would like to say three-point shooting, but I don't think it is. Um, oh, wait, do you have the – you said on here you have the Sixers first in NBA three-point percentage? Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. What? Well, oh, yeah. in that case, I'll say three-point percentage. But I, I, I don't know. I still would probably trust the Nets' three-point shooting a little more than the Sixers. Um, I just feel like mm-hmm. they have more. I just feel like they have more firepower than the Sixers do. Even though, even though the numbers say the Sixers make the most amount of threes. Um, but yeah, and you mentioned the two-star power. I think is huge because they clearly have the advantage there. I do think I do think they're a little deeper than the Nets because of that star power. Like the star power bumps down the role player, so the whole team itself is a bit deeper because you have guys in different spots on the floor that make up the whole team. So it's definitely star power that helps a lot. And I think they're a better scoring I think they're better at putting points on the board than the Nets. Like they have there's their their ability as a team to score points I think is is better and you can match that with the Nets defense because they're also one of the best defensive teams well I I, I guess I say that loosely because I don't actually know I'm gonna look it up um but the Sixers I think definitely are better at at putting points on the board because of Embiid, because Harden, because he can score, he can get guys involved, things like that. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I think the, the big thing that the Sixers have to their advantage in this series versus any other potential series that they're going to have is the star power effect. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. The, the, the Brooklyn Nets don't have any superstars. 
The Sixers have the league's leading scorer and likely MVP. Yeah. They have James Harden, a former MVP, who has done something that nobody's ever done. I think he's, yeah. gosh, what is it now? He's led the league in assists and points for multiple times. Like three times he's led the league in points mm-hmm. and twice led the league in assists, something like that. Never been yeah. done. James Harden's amazing. Like, <laughs> and he got Tyrese really. Maxey, and he got Tobias Harris. Like, these are guys who can really, really play. Like, Tobias Harris could go into average 24 on the Brooklyn Nets. Like, let's get real. <laughs> uh, maybe not 24, 20. Yeah. Um, so, star power is going to win, right? And it usually does in the playoffs. It usually does in a series. And, and there might be games that are close midway through the third, and then someone's going to go off for 10 straight. Like, that's just what the Sixers have to their advantage in this series that the Brooklyn Nets just don't have. Another thing, like you said, three-point percentage. You know, Sixers are there, uh, number one in the league. And they're also number one in the league in free throw percentage. They get to wow. the line a ton. They don't lead the league in attempts, uh, but they're right up there. But they, when they get there, they knock it down, due in part to James Harden and Joel Embiid, of course, with a large, large chunk of that. Um, but I think that's somewhere the Sixers can take advantage. I think another key is the ability to get on the glass. So the Nets and Sixers, when it comes to rebounds per game, are near the bottom, uh, both of them. So that's going to be something to watch. Who's going to who's gonna get on the glass? Um, you know, the Nets are going to want it. They're going to fight. They're going to, you know, need second-chance opportunities. Mm-hmm. The Sixers, if they want to keep this series short, they need to limit that. Um, yes. They need to limit that for the, for the Nets. Another huge key is health. Let's That's a, I, dude. Honestly, like that might be <laughs> the biggest key. Like I know you have some here, but that might be the <laughs> biggest. That that's for the entire playoffs, really. Yeah, because we've seen it, right? Well, I mean, I don't. I Joel Embiid missed the first two games against Miami last year in the second round. Yeah, yeah. because of an injury in the first round. Changed the entire um, series. It really did. Changed the entire. Absolutely. Series. He came back in game three, like he was doubtful to play. He came back and they won, and then you know we know the rest of the story. But like, let's stay healthy. Let's let's keep Joel on his feet. Let's get Joel like hundred percent going into round two. Um, that would be big. You know, James Harden even last year he wasn't at at his best with the hamstring issue. Um, he the burst has been there all year. He's looked good all year. Um, you know, outside of a couple injuries early on, but like he looks good. Let's keep that. Um, so keep everybody healthy, keep everybody strong. Uh, something I think that's more of like just a, something to watch is uh, the roles. We've talked about that, rotations. What's it going to look like in this series? Is it going to be the same in the next series? Where do these guys fit in? Um, we talked about them earlier, George Niang, Jalen McDaniels, and Daniel House Jr. How's that going to look? And then something I want your thoughts on too is the, the three-guard lineup we've yeah. seen with the Sixers uh, several times now. James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and DeAnthony Melton. Um, you know, they're not going to start all three, but those guys playing together and, you know, you throw out Tobias Harris and, and Joel Embiid out there, like, that's an offensive lineup, right? Not like, dynamic not lineup. guard? That's a dynamic lineup. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the use of that in this potential series coming up? I think it could work pretty well, especially if the Nets go smaller, which they could do. I think De'Ron Sharp is, like, kind of an undersized five, so they could do that. If the Nets go smaller, Harden, Maxi, Melton, Harris, Tucker, I like that a lot. Spaced out, defensively kind of shaky, but could work, especially with the scoring right. and the firepower that you have in that in that five man rotation, five man lineup. 
I like that a lot. And we saw that this year a lot too. So not a yeah. lot, I mean, but enough, I would say. Right. I mean, I love watching those three together because yeah. I think it just you know, it's and fun. then and then you know, and again, you like you said, it might not even be Joel out there. It could be PJ Tucker. Yeah. It could go real small. Uh, it depends on what the other team does, of course. But it's just fun to watch, and it's it's a it's a lineup where you're like. All right, this team's going to score. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna put points on the board, like you said earlier. Uh, you're not gonna stop them because there's so many options. Who so you're gonna help off of all those things? So, um, last couple things. So let me let me get you to fill in the blank here. So, um, obviously, we would like for this series to end in four, duh. But yes. we, you know, five gentlemen sweep. Um, you know, six, seven, seven. We definitely don't want six. A little less, but like. Four or five is reasonable. Yes. We want that. Yes. We desire that. <laughs> we crave that. Whatever you want to say. Yes, we do. But how, how does it happen? So the Sixers win this series in four or five if. If they – honestly, I, I think if everybody stays healthy. And I, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. If they show up, if they show <laughs> up, they win the series. And I don't mean to downplay the Nets. I swear. I don't. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that, but the Sixers are good. Obviously, they're a good team. So if they show up, they're gonna. It really is to me. It's that simple. They show up, they win the series because they are just. I just think they are that good. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really do. Right. There's better. Yes, uh, it's the, just a better team. You're again, the better team. No you're, disrespect you're, to the it Nets. It is your job to win this series. Yes. No disrespect, you know we we gave the Nets some high we praise did, earlier. So if you're only watching the end of this 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 podcast, then you know go rewind yeah, it a little that, bit. We gave our we gave them props, we gave them we gave them their flowers. <laughs> um, but everybody knows that the Sixers are a better team, and the star power that they have yes. is is more than capable of ending this in four or five. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think they just got to show up, play with play their role, know what they're gonna do, and execute the game plan. Um, all right, so let's – do you want to give a prediction? I mean, it is Sixers and four, to. Sixers and five, Sixers and six. Sixers in five, and Joel Embiid averages 30. Okay. All right, I am going to say the same. Sixers and five, uh, Joel Embiid averages 35. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow, dude, I, I mean, that would be like – that might, especially if he, depending on how efficiently he does that, that would easily be the best series of his career. Yeah, 100%. sixes and five. Um, we'll get, we'll give the Nets one. We'll, we'll, right. we'll give them, we'll give them. Wait, did I, I said five too. Right? Um, what's that? I said five too, right? I said that. Yeah, okay, five. Just make sure. Like I do want to give the sixes Nets and five. Because like I said, they're a good team too. They did make the playoffs. They did, and that's right to me. Stay out of the play in. You're a good team. Yeah. Yeah, just a, a very interesting team. Fun to talk about. Fun to preview. Yes. So we'll uh, we're done with the preview, man. We're gonna we're gonna get it rolling Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center, 1 p.m. on ESPN. Oh. Shortly to follow will be our first Planet Seven Six Five minute recap of the playoffs. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, it is playoff time. Sixers. There's a lot riding on this. Huge. Do you want to give? Because I know. You've been talking about it. You've posted about it. Trust the that love. Post this went playoff series, crazy. Playoff, I was shocked. Not series, playoff run for the Sixers is the biggest in franchise history. Is that what you said? It might. That's what I said. It might be. Okay. It might be. So we're gonna end with that. Why? 
Why? Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know that there's been this much pressure on an organization, or I guess mm. the this organization, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Doc Rivers. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Doc Rivers is on the hot seat as well because he's mm. had a chance. He's had Preach. multiple chances. James Harden and him staying healthy. People labeling him a playoff choker. Joel Embiid, him staying healthy. People labeling him a playoff dropper. Huge. Not not to mention, J- James Harden might leave. I mean, we, we know. Sure, it might have been all smoke, but we don't actually know because we're not, we're not James Harden. We're not in his camp. We have no idea what he's thinking. James Harden, I mean, Joel Embiid. I don't want to say this right now, but if the Sixers get bounced in the second round, <laughs> I mean, could he request a trade? I don't know. We don't know. I don't know, but I don't want to we think don't want about to find that out. because I'm scared of that. So yeah. let's we just don't want hope to find they, out. Don't, there's... they don't lose. That's what I'll say. Let's hope they let's don't. Hope they, that there's is. a lot riding, and I don't I don't disagree with yeah. you. I just wanted to hear because, you know, I, I, I like the way you put it. Even reading it on your page, or it gets me yeah. pumped up a little bit because, like, this is it. This, it, it the is, pressure's though. on. Um, Tyrese Maxey said it. The pressure's yeah. on. Um, he they he know it. They all that, know it. You know, as a, they as all a know guy. it. Now we got to go out and execute, and it starts Saturday. So uh, I hope you guys are excited as we are here on Planet Seventy Six for this Sixers playoff run. Uh, whatever that's going to look like. Again, keep your eye out for those five-minute recaps following every single game. Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know the drill. Google Podcasts, wherever you find those. And uh, let's go Sixers. It is playoff time. We'll see you next time. you are a Philadelphia 76ers fan, this is the podcast for you. Planet 76, a weekly podcast covering all things Philadelphia 76ers. We'll see you next time.